This is To The Point with Marcus Amick, where we cut through all the noise to discuss the things driving the world of automotive sales and service. Let's get to it. To The Point is brought to you by RockEd, the automotive industry's leading performance and engagement platform. To learn more about how RockEd helps you turn training into profitability, visit us at rocked.us. That's R-O-C-K-E-D dot U-S. Mention Kia in a conversation about nice cars on the market roughly a decade ago, and you'd likely raise a few eyebrows. Given the brand's 100,000-mile warranty and great value proposition, Kia was more widely praised for its sense of practicality than for its looks, performance, and overall features. But today, those in the know would surely have an entirely different take on Kia. Over the past few years, the carmaker has been undergoing a major transformation in both product and brand identity. Major design and engineering overhauls, coupled with new vehicle introductions in some highly competitive market segments, have completely redefined the Kia brand. Our recent back-to-back test drives of a 2023 Kia Telluride and 2023 Kia Sportage Hybrid are proof of that. Even more telling are the carmaker's recent sales numbers. Following the best retail sales in company history last year, Kia America began 2023 with a record-setting January performance of 51,983 units, up 22.3% year-over-year. January marked Kia's sixth consecutive monthly sales record, with four of the carmaker's SUV and utility nameplates posting best-ever January totals. In this episode of To The Point, we dig into how Kia will look to build on that momentum from a marketing perspective in a conversation with Russell Walger, VP of Marketing with Kia. Russell, thank you for joining us on To The Point. Thank you very much for having me. uh, I'm looking forward to our discussion today. Kia is really going through a major product and brand transformation, and, and it has been over the past few years. How is marketing playing a role in that overall transformation? Well, let, let, let's start with just an overall, like placing what the Kia brand is about in the U.S. Um, we are just celebrating our, our 30th year in the U.S. So, so we are the second youngest mass auto brand only behind Tesla. So, so we've, we've come a long way in a short period of time. This, this past year, we had our best retail sales ever from our customers. Um, but from a marketing perspective, We've made a lot of uh, brand transformation shifts with our communications starting in 2018 um, with our overall strategy of sporty sedans and capable SUVs. And, and we've been making that communication the, the center focus for any of our launches, any of our communications, um, you know, starting with the Telluride launch way back then and, and now going all the way to our Plan S strategy we've added the inventive EVs. So it's it's a short history for the brand, but a lot's happened. And again, just in this short, as you mentioned, the last uh, three to four years, we, we've made a, a significant shift. Do you see that that history as an asset when it comes to dealing with how, how competitive the market is becoming? Does it, does it work for your benefit? You know what? It, it, 
it, it's allowed us to um, be a little bit more agile and, and pivot as we see our customers' needs. Um, you know, one of, one of the things that we're, we're trying to do is for the little bit that we've been in the U.S., we have pounded on the fact that we are America's best value. And we've been trying to now show what the Kia brand stands for in addition to value. And that's kind of been one of our bigger challenges. That that has been a challenge to some degree, right? I mean, despite the fact um, that if you drive a new Kia or you even sit in a in a new Kia vehicle, you can definitely see that the brand offers more than just that sort of value proposition now. But 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 it seems that it's still a challenge to get consumers from a wider perspective to to realize or understand where Kia sits in the market now. Yeah, so if you think about it, the the average customer is holding on to their car more than seven years, and, and some of them as much as ten years, right? So so the last time they thought about purchasing a vehicle, they, they know the old Kia. They they know our old product lineup, and you know just in just four years, we we started with the launch of the Telluride, our three row SUV that. It's one of the hottest SUVs out there. Um, unfortunately, customers sometimes have to, to, to wait weeks or months for, for delivery of them. We're, we're trying to increase production um, in our Georgia plant to meet the demand. We, we've increased the production. We still haven't caught up on the, the demand yet. Um, and then we've just been building on telling people about our SUV lineup, the capable SUVs, whether you start at the, the, uh, the Seltos move up to a Sportage or another three-row SUV or go all the way up to a Telluride. We've got those options for you. Um, and then on the other side, you know, we've got the sporty sedans with our with our Forte that has a, a GT Turbo, with our K5 that also has a GT Turbo. Um, and now we're adding the electrified side, right? The Our EV6 um, that is an all-electric EV, and we're getting ready to come out with our first um, three-row all-electric SUV, the EV9. Kia relies a lot on the world of entertainment, as do a lot of companies uh, when it comes to marketing, positioning, brand. Uh, but Kia's story in, in this space has really been interesting. Um, can you talk about why entertainment is such a major part of the strategy um, for your team? Sure. So I... A brand wants to align with some of the preferences of its customers, right? Um, and and you just can't paint a brush and cover everybody. So you have to find the key things um, that are going to resonate with with our consumers. So so let's start with one of our longer running ones, um, and that's our partnership with the NBA. Um, you know, we've been a partner for uh, 16 years now with the NBA. It's worked really well for both of us. We've also engaged with many of their local teams. Um, and it's definitely a league that is about engaging socially as well as in person. Uh, and it also talks with the, the, the younger aspect of our customers. So we find that it's a, it's a great win-win for both of us. Um, the, the other one you, you, you mentioned is Super Bowl ads. That one's obviously a, paints a little broader brush. But, but our thought has always been, what story can we tell that's relevant to the majority of the hundred million plus people that usually tune in to watch a Super Bowl, uh, and that's you know going to engage them with the brand even further, 
Uh, and this this past uh, Super Bowl that just happened, we told the story of our Telluride X Pro, and it was the story of a couple and a baby. And unfortunately, they forgot their binky for the baby, and the baby's getting ready to have a meltdown. And the father has to go save the day, and with the trusty sidekick of the Telluride, um, achieves that by getting through a whole bunch of obstacles from going down a ski slope to going through water to jumping um, through a, a concrete tube. The Telluride helped him achieve that. So we try to find things that are going to be engaging from that standpoint. When you're assessing those marketing strategies that include an entertainment component, if you will, how, how do you measure the success of those initiatives? I, I know there's the numbers part of the equation, right? But but is it all about the numbers? Yes. So let's let's start with there. There's a lot of measurements, right? But at the end of the day, we're we're always trying to change the opinion of the brand in consumers' mind. Um, we're always getting them to try to put us on their consideration list the next time they are going to shop for a vehicle. Um, and, and we also want them to have, you know, some thoughts about the brand from a positive imagery standpoint, like trust and reliability. Um, and, and then, of course, there's the numbers thing you talk about. You know, we, we measure the web traffic and the leads and transaction prices and, and lower incentives of which, you know, our transaction prices are rising. So consumers are willing to pay more. Our incentives are going down, which means that the consumers don't need to be bought to be to buy into the brand. They see the value. They see what we're offering from a technology or a design or performance or capability standpoint. So all of those are, are things that we look at on a regular basis um, to make sure the partnerships um, or activations that we're doing are, are resonating with our customers. You know, I just attended the 2023 NADA show. Um, and one of the topics of discussion there at the show was this idea of how dealers and automakers can work more efficiently and more effectively when it comes to the transformation that the consumer market is undergoing and the products, right? Um, when, when you look at or assess Kia from a marketing perspective, how are you engaging dealers in this brand transformation? Yeah, so so we we you can't do any sort of brand effort, communication, transformation um, w without the dealers. I mean, they they are the face in their local communities of the brand. Um, it's where consumers are going to once they've uh, gone from the online world into the offline world. That's where they're going to interact with. Um, so they're vital. To, to any brand and especially to ours. Um, right now, in the middle of our transformation, uh, we've got the majority of our dealers um, committed to putting the, the new logo, the new look and face um, on, our, on their dealers, on their dealerships, on their stores. Um, we've got over 50 already done. We've got another um, you know, 150 that are in progress. We've got others that are committed. Um, everybody's looking to make sure that they're the most um, technology forward looking um, representation of the brand that they can be, especially as we move more into the electrified space. Um, and, and then the other part of it is we work with our dealers to make sure we give our customers uh, an overall, I'll call it an omni-channel customer journey experience. And, and what I mean by that is customers come into the brand at various levels. Um, and if they're coming into the brand hypothetically through our national website on kia.com when they go from there 
down to a dealer's website, or if they even skip over the dealer's website and go straight to the dealership, we want to make sure the conversation that they started becomes seamless for when they get to those other aspects. Um, so that's what we work with the dealers um, through a lot of our, our digital programs so that uh, the customer doesn't know whether they are talking to a dealer or whether they're talking to you know the Kia brand. All it is to the customer is they're talking to Kia and we're giving them the best experience possible. Is there anything you look at or consider that the company could be doing to improve that relationship, the, to better position Kia in the marketplace? I mean, is there, is there something that comes to mind that you say, hey, we probably could do a better job at this or improve on that, some aspect of, of the business? Um, you know what? We're we're always looking at ways to try to improve improve the customer experience. As are our dealers. You know, we we don't say that we've got it 100% figured out. Um, you know, one of the things that this uh, the COVID lockdown made a little difficult is people had difficulty finding it. You know, who had inventory or who didn't have inventory. Right? Uh, there was there was limited amounts of it. So we worked with our dealers and on our site started showing inventory that wasn't actually at the dealership yet, but that was in route to the dealership so that the customer could say, okay, I, I know what you have on your lot, but if I'm willing to wait a little bit, I can get this other car that's going to be there soon. Um, and, and the dealers then had the choice of wanting to show that inventory to the dealer or um, to the customer or not. Um, and the majority of them showed it because it gave a better experience because the customer's they're looking for a Telluride and they were looking for the black Telluride and they didn't have it in inventory, but they can see it's incoming. And usually our incomings are anywhere from 15 to 30 days. Customer can wait for that. So we created a better experience by changing that small little aspect of our website. When we're looking at the sort of impact that COVID has had on everything, including every facet of how a business operates, including automotive, um, when you're looking at that, what's the big takeaway from a marketing perspective beyond what you just noted? You know, there's, there's two things. One, um, you, you have to show what the brand stands for um, at the end of the day, because you know, customers are, are very savvy. And during, during COVID lockdown, we all got really good at researching online because we couldn't go out. So you, you found everything out about the product. Not, not that customers didn't do it before, but they got a lot more savvy. Um, so you, you got to tell them a little bit more about the brand and what it stands for besides just the products. And, and that's when we started emphasizing a lot of, um, our CSR our charitable efforts that we were doing, we weren't talking about it a lot and, and neither were our dealers, even though they were doing it in all the communities. So our whole accelerate the good program, let customers know that we give back, especially in each of their local communities. So that was, that was one thing that we learned, um, and as a matter of fact, this past uh, December, we did an, a national event partnering with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, where for every car sold, we gave a donation back to them. So, again, letting people know that we do care about what's happening in their community and so do their individual dealers. Um, the, the other thing that we saw is customers want honesty and transparency. Um, because if you don't give it to them, then they'll go somewhere else. And again, the, the whole thing of when you, we understand that customers might not be able to get um, instant gratification from the auto industry right now because of supply chain constraints and the huge demand that's been ramping up over the last 
um, 12 to 18 months. But at the same time, just letting them know and informing them is is a key aspect. And I, and I think that's what we're all learning. And when I say all dealers to OEMs, you know, how much do you share with a customer? Um, you don't want to ever disappoint them. Um, you know, when a customer comes in and like, I, I want, I want the blue Seltos, um, and, and a dealer doesn't have one or isn't going to get one for a while. The customer doesn't want to be disappointed. Dealer doesn't want to disappoint them. But I think what we learned is the customer wants the truth. And by doing that, I think the customers are then saying, okay, if you don't have the blue one, fine. Do you have a different color or maybe you have a different vehicle? And I think that is helping to strengthen the relationships that we've had with our customers. How will you look to build on that moving forward? Uh, we are doing everything we can to <clears throat> give the customers the choice of how they want to shop. Um, I, you know, I used the example uh, a couple of years ago, you, customers um, that were going grocery shopping had the opportunity to drive up to the grocery store. You'd already made your order and somebody would drop a bag of groceries in the trunk of your car. And it was as simple as that, right? Um, COVID's, thank goodness, starting to, to go away a little bit more. It's opened up. Um, and a lot of people want to go back into the grocery store and shop themselves. But there's still some, a lot of people that like that convenience, right? And they still want that because it gave them time back for themselves. And the same thing in the auto uh, buying experience. Customers learned that they could get um, some of that uh, convenience uh, during the times of lockdown. And now it's up to the customer um, to be able to make that choice. And, and we and the dealers need to give the customer that choice. There's still a lot of customers that want to negotiate. They like the old fashioned, let me walk into the dealership. I think I can negotiate a good deal. Um, and that's great. And we love the one-to-one -one in person uh, experience, but there are still some that, hey, let me do a lot of it online before I even show up. This is the car I want. You have it in inventory. Tell me the price. I'll qualify for pricing uh, uh, online and I'll walk in and I'll take delivery of it and you'll, you'll show me around it and, and I'm good. I don't need a test drive. So I think that's one of the things that we've collectively learned is which customers want which experience and we're trying to make it so that they get to choose. Wow. Great insight, Russell. You know, it's really been interesting watching Kia's transformation. It's been a very, a very interesting story to follow. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, when you talk about transformation, um, the brand is growing up. Um, like I said, we're, we're 30 years young um, and, you know, our household incomes have gone up. Um, our educations have gone up. Um, you know, our diversity is getting um, better. Uh, we, we sell across um, all, all sorts of uh, ethnicities. Um, and, and we're having conversations with each of them as well. So I think that's a sign of a brand that people want to be a part of. And, and if I take the EV6, for example, you know, it's not even a year old in the marketplace. Over 70% of the people that have purchased an EV6 are first-time Kia owners. So it's showing people that the, the brand has grown up, you know, electrification, um, non-electrified vehicle options, all of them um, were conquesting a lot of people that hadn't thought about the Kia brand before. Wow, that's impressive. Well, thanks again for taking the time to join us on To The Point, Russell. Thanks a lot, Marcus. You have a great rest of your week. 
Now, back to the noise. 